today on Gospel Unscripted. When Jesus is saying this, I think maybe what he's saying is, okay, you guys, the father, the son, like this is what scripture is telling us. This is what we're waiting for. And then finally, when we get to verse 30, he's like, it's me, you guys. Like, it's me. (laughs) Wow. Welcome to Gospel Unscripted. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We want to encourage you. We will pray with you and we're going to read through the gospel with you. We're here to make connections, make observations and ask questions all in an unscripted manner. We want you to join us today in pursuing the heart of Jesus and learning about God's plan to give us all a future and a hope. So let's get started. Let's get started. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this good day. We just thank you for the opportunity that you give us in these amazing ways, Lord, to connect with believers and to read your word. And we just ask that you open our hearts and minds, Lord, to what your word would have us learn today. You are a good God, Lord, to help us always to be aware of your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So Let's kind of look at then just the little section that's verse verse 18. 18. John 5, verse 18. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. This is a very lay it all in the line verse, because when the Jews are actually seeking to kill him, it was seeking all the more to kill him, right? Yeah. So this had been, this is a, this is an ongoing situation that has developed in Jesus' ministry, that it's not just disagreement with the Jews. This is a, they need him, you know, silenced Mm -hmm. and scripture saying kill because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but calling God his his own father. So the Sabbath, the breaking of the Sabbath, that's a, that's a bad enough thing. Right. But Mm -hmm. blaspheming by this man, because they said that in those, in the verses before, right. Who is this man? So verse 12, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk. Right. So they don't see anything divine in Jesus and who he is. They do not recognize divinity yeah. in him at this point. Right. And so the blaspheming is a, an offense that could result in, in stoning death. in yeah. death. Yeah. I mean, stoning is still a big deal at this time. Mm-hmm. Right. What a terrible way that is to die too, by the way, that's, uh, oh man. So, I mean, there's a million ways to die, but that one is a top 10 of the worst in my book. I read this chapter with my family, my eight-year-old daughter, she looks at me and she said, But mom, if some man was walking around Lee Summit calling himself God, you would not like be okay with that. And I got to thinking like, wow. So the Pharisees, they had the right idea in the first place to question who Jesus was. In Matthew 12, Jesus does another healing. I think it's a man with like a crippled hand. Jesus says about himself that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. You know, it all comes down to these Pharisees saying, you can't do this. It's on the Sabbath because it's all this. It's exactly what you were saying. Matthew 12, verse seven, it says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And Jesus is telling them, you know, you have the laws of Moses. You have all the benefit of all these books and all this, this knowledge and the word of the Lord that's been passed down to you for generation to generation. And you don't see it coming to fruition right here in front of you, right? Well, that's where the chapter will end that very thing. He's saying, listen, 
like I've given you John, I've given you my signs, which is all of the book of John, like it's yeah. the order of his book. And most importantly, I've given you scriptures. That's the best thing I can give you, which is a really great thing for us because we have that. <laughs> you know, right. We didn't see the signs per se, and we didn't meet John the Baptist, but we have the scriptures. And that yeah. is the, the best thing that God can give us yeah. to see who Jesus is and what he wants for our life. So that's where kind of where this whole thing is going for, from Matthew 12 verse six. This is so cool. I tell you something greater then the temple is here. And, you know, he's speaking about himself. If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. How do you look at someone doing this miraculous, wonderful healing, making whole of a human being and say, well, Beelzebub is like helping him do that. He's somehow channeling a demon to do this healing. And Jesus himself addresses that in chapter 12. He's like, you know, a house divided against itself will not stand. How can I be of Satan and then cast out demons and do these healings and do all these wonderful things? I, I can't be Satan and work against Satan at the same time. So yeah. he's, he's logically, you know, arguing that later on, you know, or I don't know in time how that, how Matthew 12 fits in time with What's happening here? Let's go ahead and read from verse 19. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. That's all the way up through verse 29. So starting at verse 19, Jesus is, is laying out this argument right for the Jews because in order for the Jews to put him to death they have to have like a legal case against him mm -hmm. and and there was Jewish law about even witnesses right one person wasn't enough you had to have a second person to corroborate your witness in these sorts of legal things because there was there was a whole system that the Jewish people adhered to as far as religious law 
that you see when you get to Jesus' crucifixion, right, that the, the Jewish law and the Roman law were not in sync. And that's mm. why Jesus ended up, you know, in front of the chief priests. And then he's also in front of Roman officials because they were, they were not the same. So these Jews are collecting evidence. I mean, they're, I, I imagine, I don't exactly say that in scripture, but I imagine that they were following him around, you know, looking for where's he going to mess up, right? You know, what, what law is he going to break so that we'll finally be able to get rid of him? So I really find this whole section really super dense. I mean, I know what Jesus is saying, but following that logic based on scripture and culture and things that those, the Jewish people would have understood. I mean, he's arguing with them as a fellow rabbi you know, well, with a set of understanding that, that I don't necessarily have. So if you're new to the Bible and you're trying to read this, it's very confusing. There's nothing simple about any of this. I mean, it's very deep theologically, but it's even hard just to read. So um, I started highlighting every time he said the son and the father, there's like this first section where it goes like 19 through 20. And I highlighted the sun is said, I was hoping seven times, but it didn't actually end up being seven. It was eight. And the father was said seven or eight times as well. So it was like, hmm. within just those few verses, you hear the father and the son eight times each. Wow. And so that's very difficult. But then what's interesting is then when you hit verse 30, uh, Jesus goes from the, from the third person to the first person and start saying, I, mm. I, 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 and That's so interesting. if you're reading it and you're really struggling, I think it's easy to, if you can kind of break this into a couple different sections, if you take it from night, well, and actually, if you're, you're reading the ESV, they kind of do this for you. They put the, the authority of the sun as one section, but that whole, that whole section is in third person. Mm. And then when you hit verse 30 witnesses to Jesus, it's all of a sudden in first person, which I think is interesting. Wow. Uh, that's very interesting because that, that makes sense though, because in the first section, he's He's establishing who he is, and then he starts speaking as in his position, right? So he's establishing that that whole first section that I am equal with the father because I can do nothing. I do what the father's doing. I mean, he's drawing all of these parallels. And you're you're right, you know, thinking thinking of okay, if I if some guy is in Lee's summit saying that he's Jesus, I wouldn't believe it. As a Jewish person who did not yet have the eyes of his heart opened in this faith, because faith is a gift of of God, you know, in different measure. And I understand that, but they must have been losing their minds to mm -hmm. hear him, you know, for as the father raises the dead and gives them life. So the son gives life, you know. I mean, there is, what bigger miracle is there than to go from death to life? Yeah. And maybe too, with, with this whole, the father, the son, the father, the son, the father, the son, I think Jews were looking for a Messiah. I mean, yes. the son of man was someone that they were waiting for. So when Jesus is saying this, I think maybe what he's saying is, okay, you guys, like the father, the son, like, this is what scripture is telling us this is what we're waiting for and then finally when we get to verse 30 he's like it's me you guys <laughs> like it's me wow you know that's cool. it's i maybe that's so i love this verse 21 
For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. So he has just given life to the woman at the well, like new life. He's given new life to the boy, the son of the, the official son. And then he's given this new life to the invalid at the pool. But I think this also foreshadows the raising of Lazarus because for as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. It's oh yeah. It's gotta be a like foreshadow. Verse, verse 28, do not marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. And what does he say to Lazarus? Lazarus, come out. And yeah. Lazarus is in the tomb, right? right. And, yes. and even his own resurrection, you yes. know, he is in the tomb and raised on his own power. There's Go another, ahead. Uh, a short phrase command, right? come out like yes this kind of follows the pattern of all his come up stand up walk follow me it's very simple mm. <laughs> but he is the word and also that you know foreshadows our resurrection on the last day is it first corinthians 15 paul talking about the resurrection that we will have as believers um so verse 25 i also noticed jesus says truly truly i say to you an hour is coming and is now here and then he says when the dead will hear the voice of the son of god and those who hear will live well he uses that same phrase talking to the woman at the well you know an hour is coming and is now come when the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth but that's really cool that he's saying it's, it's now here, you know, the time is now, like this is, this is the changing point. I also don't know if you guys noticed, but I started like circling every time he kept saying, here's my word, here's the voice, those who hear mm. it's, it's several times just within this little section that I just find interesting. Cause uh, I, you know, I know someone around here is always saying like, I just want my children to hear Jesus's voice. Yeah. You know? Um, and I just found it interesting that I don't know if that's a John thing or whatever, but he's just constantly repeating that phrase. Yes. Well, how many times do we ask to hear God's voice? I mean, yes, to our children, but I mean, even us just sitting in this room, I mean, there's no way to come through faith except, you know, God's word and God's word does not return void, but it is the mechanism by which you come to faith. Mm. Those who hear the word of God and keep it, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, confess with your mouth in words. There's just no other way to come through faith except through God's word. All right, do we want to maybe address starting at verse 30? Sure. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me. And I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given to me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. 
And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Yeah, so like like you said, Amanda, um, Jesus switches to the first person. It's just an emphasis on, I'm talking about myself. Like I'm, I am, I am the one you've been waiting for. I can do nothing on my own. Well, so. and he talks about bearing witness, like this whole oh. thing, you know, this case that the Jews oh. are against him. Now he's saying, he's talking, he's using words like witness and testimony, and he's drawing in other witnesses right? It's not just him witnessing about himself. He's saying you sent to John and he is born witness to the truth, meaning John the Baptist. Yeah. I find it really interesting because this, this whole section is kind of summarizing where John has gone in his gospel at this point. Cause he starts in very chapter one with John as the witness, right? Uh, yeah. And then, so he's saying you sent John, he bore witness and you guys, you know, you kind of thought about listening to him, but well, that didn't last very long. And then we get to verse 36. Uh, okay. But I have something better than that, which is all these signs and works, which is why I did what I did today. Um, Cause that's better than John. But well, um, if that's not good enough for you, I've got a third witness. And then he slams it hard. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. The father, the father's your third witness, right? Is that what he's saying? Wow. Well, yeah. And I, his voice, you have never heard his form. You have never seen. And then it's, it like emphasizes the Trinity too. I wrote the same thing down. I put Trinity. There's your father, son, Holy spirit, his voice, his form and his word. I was like, it's so beautiful. Wow. And then I, when I did verse 39, um, what I read, I, I don't know if it was a commentary or something, but it said that verse 39 can actually be read as a command. So it says you search the scriptures, but I think you can also read it as search the scriptures. <laughs> Oh, really? Study the scriptures. Wow. Because you think in them you have eternal life, but it's they that bear witness about me. And I think, oh man, if you read it that way, wow. it's a different tone. Oh, but then verse 40, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. How many of us in our own stubbornness refuse to hear God's voice, refuse to look at the evidence of even there being a God? I mean, we as believers, you know, this is our worldview. We understand who we are 
well, we're trying to understand who we are in reference to a holy God, but our own pride, our own research. I mean, even me, like, where, where did you get that information? Blah, 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 blah. You know, I, <laughs> I ask people that all the time. You know, I ask my husband, you can't just tell me something. Like, I want to know why, but we're our own stumbling block. Even when we've got a good resource and the Jews have the scriptures and still they refuse to come, but Jesus doesn't need them to be glorified. Right. I do not receive glory from people. I just read that. Yeah. Which, so which is to me is another slam. Like it is. I <laughs> don't receive glory from people. Yeah. Cause you, That's you so know, good. it just reminds me to pray, Lord, let me have let yes. my audience be of one. Cause I put right next to that, like you, like pointing at me, you know, mm-hmm. like, is that me? Well, and, and then he hits love thing. I know that you do not have the love of God within you. They are not living out God's mission. God's ultimate mission is, I mean, his, he loves people and he, and he sent Jesus to save people. Jesus is God, but that is the mission to save as many as as will come to him so that, that it can be with him forever. I mean, this is a big deal. Again, going back to the Sabbath, it's the whole point. Like guys, you're not, you don't have the love of God in you. Like you're trying to obey the rules, but you don't love. Yeah. You just don't get it. The next verse, verse 44, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God. And it makes me think of the Jewish leaders back then seeking um, praise, seeking glory from one another, doing their acts of righteousness before men to be seen by men. But also like today, you know, we've got all kinds of churches. We focus on our brand. We look to other big names, but yet are we truly just seeking the heart of the father? And are we wanting to please him and only him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in where, in your time, are you spending your time looking for the honor of man? Are you spending your time looking for the honor of God? It's a, it's a heart check for sure. Not just for the Pharisees, right? Absolutely for us. I mean, I, I'm reading all this and I, I just feel convicted over and over again. Like every sin in here, I can, I have or will, <laughs> heaven help me, please know. But fall prey to those. As Jesus is saying all this, were those Jewish people, do they get the fuzz? You know, when someone talks to you sometimes and, mm-hmm. and you just don't get it and you're just trying real hard and it just seems like there's a fuzz all around their face. And, and I, I just, my brain does not comprehend, you know, do they have the fuzz scripture talked about Pharaoh's heart being hardened. Now mm. we don't, we don't hear that here scripture. John does not say that these people's hearts were hardened. Mm-hmm. But in my own reading, I wonder, you know, just like with the Samaritan woman, just like with the man, the invalid at the pool at first, it's like, they also have that fuzz. There comes a point when they have to decide, you know, am I going to believe him? Uh, because at the end of this whole thing, he says, if you believed Moses, you would believe me. So he's attacking them at the, at their core, another mm. bam, you know, yeah, that you is. say you believe Moses, but here you are totally ignoring what the scriptures are saying. Yeah. Not only that, but, uh, when you die, <laughs> he's the one that's going to accuse you, not me. That's harsh mm-hmm. <laughs> because everything that they're doing is based on the law of Moses, their whole life, their whole livelihood, everything they believe. And he's saying, you know what? It won't be the one that, that I'm not going to be the one to accuse you. It's going to be Moses. So he's going to wow. be like the prosecuting attorney. <laughs> oh gosh. 
at the end day, you know? Well, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily Moses, but it's the commandments themselves, you know, maybe Although that's it what it does say. There is one who accuses you, Moses in 45 on whom you've set your hope. But I get what you're saying that, that right. maybe he's like, it's, it's the law, the word you Moses. Know, yeah, as a, sure. But, but Moses shows up later at the transfiguration. So who knows? Yeah, what God has who planned. knows? I'm sure, <laughs> you know, I think Moses we'll find will out. accommodate. Right. But there were people who did, you know, Nicodemus. Let's think back to Nicodemus. Who's one of yep. them? That fuzz lifted, the fog lifted. And he did have that, that moment of faith. He sees there's something bigger, better, and he's making that connection. Yeah, I was also just thinking at the cross, you know, uh, when the Roman soldier says, when the veil was torn and the Roman soldier says, he really was a son of God. I feel like at that moment, the fuzz yes. was dropped like forever yeah right wow but I, then I was struggling I was like I know there are still people lost in the fog but Jesus has done everything he needed to do for us to see it right yeah verse 46 for if you believed Moses you would believe me for he wrote of me I remember when I was probably a teenager and some youth pastor said something like let's look in the Old Testament and see where they wrote about Jesus and I remember thinking yeah right but then Jesus says it right here he says he wrote Moses wrote about me like he's claiming that these writings are about him and that's just another testament to his messiahship. So it's great. All right. Um, let's pray. God, thank you so much for your amazing, beautiful word. We love you. And we just ask you now to let your word sink into our hearts. Lord, I pray for our listeners. God, I pray that you would just give them hope, give them courage to live out your word. I pray for salvation. I pray for healing and I pray that you would unite us, Lord, together in the body of Christ. And, and I just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.